This is CT Startup, your source for information on entrepreneurs, investors, and resources in the Connecticut startup ecosystem. From university campuses to industrial labs, from Stanford to Hartford, and from Danbury to Norwich, if it's happening out there in Connecticut, you'll find it in here. Now it's time to enter into a world of innovation, a world of human struggles, heartbreak, and achievement. And most of all, a world of wonder. Welcome to CT Startup. Dave Holness, who can't be with us today, is our secretary. 
Dave Christensen, uh, Attorney Christensen is from Cantor and Coburn, and we appreciate your support with everything, and Mike Cantor, wherever you are, thank you for your conference room, because we use it all the time, so thank <laughs> you for that. Um, Jim Fuller couldn't be with us today. He's on our board, and he's the department chair at University of Hartford in architecture, and Bev Rolair also couldn't make it. Um, and right before I end, I want to introduce my team, because I am blessed with an amazing team, and they are all much smarter than I, and I'm grateful. We've got Mark Colbert, who's over here, and uh, Mark learned about the makerspace, and he threw himself with force into the mix to volunteer, and after volunteering, we realized how we couldn't go another day without him. And so Mark's now part of our team, shop operations officer, and uh, if there's anything in the world you wanna try and figure out how to do between Mark and Phil, they can figure it out how to do it. Um, I wanna introduce Drew Gates, who's our education director, um, Emma Russell, who I, I snagged Emma from Farmington Bank, she was my teller, very grateful for that. Um, Scott Phillips, oh, Scott Phillips, so I met Scott on LinkedIn a couple years ago, it was the smartest thing I did, I hired him right away to help us with our social media about two or three years ago, and he's done a phenomenal job. Um, Dave Martin and John Harris are here, and John is a digital, 3D printer guru um, from, from industry that's joining us here to support us. And I, you know, I, I will also say thank you to our construction crew, who I think is lurking in the corners. Um, I want to first introduce Phil Mader, who is our project manager, construction guru, who's helped us in every way with all the HVAC electrical engineering. And it has been a complicated business in this building that wasn't used in this space for a while. Um, it's been a lot of meetings. I'd like to thank Pamela Bear and Lori French from CBRE, the property managers that help us all the time. Um, we found a really supportive community here in Hartford and we're very grateful to be here. The mayor of the city of Hartford, Luke Bronin, has been my champion and ardent supporter of the makerspace throughout this entire windy journey. And we're very glad that he's here today. And as we begin our final phase of construction, Mayor Bronin, can you? Thank you so much, Deborah. First of all, let's get everyone to give a round of applause. It's definitely the entire team. We've been talking about being five years into making. She has persisted, she and her team have persisted, have worked nonstop to make this a reality. Uh, and we are so grateful to the entire team for making it happen. Uh, obviously, incredibly grateful uh, to the Rutledge Family Foundation uh, for their support of this, without which it would not be possible. Uh, to all the corporate partners, you know, Stanley Black and Decker uh, and many others who provided equipment and made this a reality. Without them, it wouldn't be possible. Uh, I've got to echo some of the acknowledgments and thanks that Deborah said. First of all, Jamie Brott, uh, who was our uh, Director of Economic Development until she left us for a part of Hartford's growing innovation ecosystem over at Infosys, uh, is here, and she was uh, a vital part of making sure that we uh, were positioning ourselves uh, to truly be an innovation ecosystem. Glendalyn Thames, uh, who wears two hats, uh, two very big hats, both as president of our city council and as the executive director of CT Next, but has been a champion for innovation statewide and a vital partner in both capacities in making sure that Hartford is at the center of that effort. 
uh, Michael Cantor, uh, his position as chair of uh, CT Innovations, and of course our partners at the state and federal level, and Lieutenant uh, Governor Weisowitz and Senator Blumenthal, it's a true honor to have you here today uh, to mark this uh, occasion. Uh, I, I want to just put this day and this space in context. Uh, we are pushing forward on so many fronts to make sure that Hartford is a place where we are not just the home to legacy industries, but where we are part of the industrial revolutions that are happening today. And that's true in every one of our core industries, whether it's insurance with our InsurTech accelerator just across the street uh, at 20 Church where uh, Upward Hartford's located, whether it's in manufacturing uh, right over in Constitution Plaza where Stanley Black & Decker has opened their uh, advanced manufacturing accelerator and uh, located their own innovation team. Uh, the next big accelerator, which will be uh, opening soon, focused on digital health. Uh, whether it's groups like Reset, which is focused on social uh, entrepreneurship, uh, Upward Hartford, which in addition to housing uh, many of the, uh, the innovation efforts is also focused on smart buildings and elder care. If you look between all of those entities, there's between 50 and 70 startups that become into Hartford every year to partner with existing industry, existing companies, potential customers, to have those mentorship relationships and to grow. But this space right here is a vital addition to that innovation ecosystem for a whole bunch of reasons. Uh, first of all, uh, it ensures that those who are here in Hartford, our community, our residents, our neighbors, who have the vision to start a business, to invent something, that they have a place to do it. The technology that they'll have here is something that most startups, most innovators or inventors would not be able to access or afford on their own. But by able, being able to use it here, they get the ability to turn their ideas into reality in an, a cost-effective way. Uh, think about it like a garage. You know, we think about all these great companies that were started in a garage. Well, if you need a 3D printer, or if you need, you know, a, uh, a 3D scanner, and all these other technology, uh, the tools that are here, that I have no idea what they are or how they work. But if you need them, you probably can't put them in your garage. This is Hartford's garage. This is the place where our makers, our innovators, our creators can come and turn their ideas into reality. It's also a place where those companies, those startups that we're bringing into Hartford from all around the country and around the world could make their home as they decide to stay here and to grow. Because they too may not have the capital to build and to have every tool that they need. So they can do it right here. And third of all, uh, the fact that Makerspace CT is committed to an educational mission is also vitally important because we have so many extraordinarily talented young people and people of all ages in our city, around our city, uh, to be able to share what the next industrial revolution looks like. Not read about it in a book, but see it in action. is gonna spark the imagination of those who can change the world with their inventions right here. And that's what this is about. In a city where so many industrialists reinvented, reimagined manufacturing right here in the 19th century. We are undergoing another industrial revolution. We have large companies that are already at the forefront of it. And we now have a place where those innovators, those entrepreneurs, those inventors can come and be part of that revolution. So I'm so grateful uh, to the entire Makerspace CT team. So grateful to all the partners who make this possible. Uh, and uh, we're going to keep this momentum going because uh, we want to make sure that 
uh, Hartford is not only positioning ourselves to be a place where our existing companies re-engage, but a place that changes the world as we've done in the past. Thank you so much again. We're thrilled to have Lieutenant Governor Susan Bicevich today. She has always been a strong, consistent advocate for Connecticut business, for developing jobs, and energizing our state's economy. We're pleased that she's able to join us and thrilled to meet her personally today, too. <laughs> Deborah, thank you so much uh, for your persistence and your vision. It's an honor to be here on behalf of myself and Governor Lamont. Um, we believe so strongly that Connecticut is poised for success because we've been creating record numbers of new jobs in our state and we have a record low unemployment level and there are so many new jobs being created right now in manufacturing. We anticipate more than 35,000 new jobs in the manufacturing sector in the next uh, few years. And we are so pleased to be here to celebrate this public-private partnership. Uh, this is a day when we have the opportunity to hopefully uh, see the start of many small businesses that become larger and employ uh, hundreds and hundreds of people. Um, half the people in our state work for small businesses. And this is a place where small businesses will be created, um, entrepreneurs, inventors will come together and collaborate, uh, students will come here with the next big idea. It is so exciting for our state. The mayor talked about the Industrial Revolution and uh, Connecticut was part of that with people like Samuel Colt here in Hartford and Eli Whitney um, in New Haven. This is the next generation. This is the next um, industrial revolution. We are poised in Connecticut to continue advanced manufacturing, and it can all happen right here. And what's exciting about this space is young people are here. Hopefully more will want to come. It's a way to bring young people uh, to downtown Hartford. It's a way to revitalize our cities. Um, we are so excited about um, the potential that is right here in this beautiful space. Uh, we look forward to working with all of you to continue to grow uh, great new businesses, great new ideas, and a better Connecticut. Thank you so much for inviting me and we wish you much success, Deborah. Thank you. Thank you. United States Senator Richard Blumenthal has been unwavering in his support for Connecticut manufacturing, for entrepreneurship, and for strengthening business, industry, and opportunity in Connecticut. And he made a special effort to be with us this morning. I'm happy you didn't get hung up in traffic. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I actually had a rather indirect odyssey to be here today. I came up from Washington late last night uh, and then began the day with Governor Lamont. First I rode up to Milford to take the train with him down to Bridgeport to celebrate uh, this administration's commitment to reviving our rail transportation, which is such an important part of our economic future, and then coming here, countering 
a little bit of traffic on the way, but uh, really honored and pleased to be here today. Uh, this is our future. This is our future. Making things has always been in Connecticut's DNA. We've been the arsenal of democracy. We have demonstrated that ingenuity. Some have referred to it as Yankee ingenuity. Describe it any way you want. It's the innovative and entrepreneurial energy and dynamism that makes America the greatest country in the history of the world. We are always making it. Uh, and on the side of this podium, I wish I could move it, <laughs> is a saying, or a question really, what will you make? What will you make? It's in capital letters. What will you make? That's the challenge that we have in our nation today. What will we be making better than anyone else? Less expensively, more innovatively, and more dynamically? What will you Made. That's the question that every nation is asked today, and the answer is in this room. Now, this stuff about the garage being the place where innovation takes place is mostly a myth, you know that. There's a book uh, called The Innovators by Walter Isaacson, a great author, that describes the history of the computing industry. Yes, George Packard had a garage. But the innovation in computers took place in spaces exactly like this one. People coming together. There are very few great inventions that are done by one person working alone, isolated, in a cabin somewhere in the woods. It's people coming together in spaces like this one to share their skills, their ideas, their visions, and that's the great gift of makerspace. There are a lot of makers in this room, and I want to thank them for being here and what you will do to train other makers. If there is one part of this great space that is important to our future, maybe above others, it is that skill training. Because to take the mayor's last point, we will have jobs open in Connecticut. I can tell you on the Armed Services Committee, the question I'm asked about Electric Boat and Pratt and & Whitney and Sikorsky about the future of manufacturing here in Connecticut for defense contracting is, will you have the trained workers? Will you have the skills to fill those jobs, to make the submarines and the jet engines and the aircraft and helicopters that are necessary for our national security? So, Thank you for all the work you've done, uh, Deborah. Uh, if there is an answer to this question, what will you make? Deborah has provided it. She has made an enormous difference. Thank you to you, Deborah, for all that you've done here in bringing great people together. And thank you to Mayor Bronin for his vision in providing that kind of partnership that has made it possible. Thanks so much, good luck, and I look forward to coming back uh, when all these spaces are filled by people making things.
Thank you. So Gwendolyn Thames wears a couple of hats, as I mentioned earlier, the uh, president of the Hartford City Council and executive director of Connecticut Next. Very important to me because if we were, come on, it's always great to stand next to Gwendolyn because it's a great visual for us. <laughs> and we do it a lot. But um, without her encouragement and support, we wouldn't have jumped on those innovation places classes and we've been giving scholarship classes for the past couple of years. So I'm very grateful. Pleasure to have you here again today. I invite her to all my events. <laughs> Thank you, Deborah. And let's just give it up for Deborah one more time. She has such fire and passion for this work. And I remember meeting her and having our first meeting five years ago when she came in with this big, broad vision. Um, and you know, we talked it through and I gave her kind of some homework and said, we need more people with skin in the game. We need more investors. Who else is buying into this? And you know, before I knew it, she had went and raised money and got interest. And I said, whoa, wow, we, we have something. We're onto something here. And it's with community leaders and community builders and visionaries like Deborah that these things are possible. And so CT Next, we are the promoter of entrepreneurship and innovation across our state. And we are responsible for fueling the innovation and entrepreneur ecosystem in Hartford, New Haven, Stanford, New London, Groton, New Britain, all across our state. Because we are very much in the fourth industrial revolution. And we need to keep pace, but also leapfrog um, the, the various uh, uh, innovation and entrepreneurial ecosystems that you hear about that are more mature as far as Brooklyn, St. Louis, Silicon Valley, obviously. But how do we as a, a community and as a state really think about those best practices and leapfrog them, right? And, and not necessarily trying to um, replicate what they've done. There's a lot of lessons learned, but also reinvent our own destiny and again, leapfrog them. And so that is the, a lot of the work that we've been engaged in with with our community partners like Connecticut Makerspace because it is these types of dynamic co-working spaces and dynamic spaces that allow collaboration and innovation to happen that really create those opportunities for our companies, whether, whether they're early stage or on the growth scale, and providing that continuum of services and support that they need to start, grow, and thrive in our state. And so a lot of the work that we've been focused on is building out spaces like this, but also supporting our entrepreneurs to access these spaces and to innovate. And so we look forward to the partnership that we have with Connecticut Makerspace. We look forward to working with our corporate partners, our state delegation, our state partners, our uh, federal delegation. Thank you, um, Senator Blumenthal, and thank you, um, Lieutenant Governor Bicewicz, because all along on the campaign trail, and now you're on the other side, you were touting innovation and entrepreneurship, and I know you and Ned both, Governor Lamont, um, both understand the significance of this and, and its contribution to our economic growth strategy. So we look forward to partnering and continuing our efforts and tripling down on the work that we built and the foundation that we built 
over the last five years. And I want to acknowledge Mike Cantor, who's here. He's a huge uh, uh, presence in Hartford with his law firm, but he's also one of our C2NEX board members. And he's been a champion not only for Hartford, but our state, and really promoting entrepreneurship and innovation as the linchpin of our economic growth strategy. So again, thank you all for being here. Thank you to all our corporate partners, because one thing that I do know, as we look at these best practices across the country, one of the single things that is important is leadership. Leadership, 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 and local champions. So Mayor Bronin, our governor, Lieutenant Governor, our federal delegation, our corporate partners, people like Deborah, people like Mike, people like myself, and people like all of you, that is what is required to stay the course and keep us moving ahead. So thank you. So I'm gonna turn our attention from the future in Industry 4.0 and an amazing mix of traditional skills and a little bit of new technologies that we'll hear more about in a little bit um, because it's a wise person that looks to history to learn from. And in this building, we are here with an inordinately rich amount of history. This building was a first. It's said in this building that Beatrice Auerbach still walks the halls and many people have, have, have stories about her. Um, we're grateful to have Eileen Frank come and speak with us. Um, as many of you know, this is a longtime landmark institution in Hartford. Very, very special for us to be in this place. Everybody has a G Fox story. I signed my first credit card at five years old here, so everybody has a story. Um, it's special to be in the place, this place, and as we look beyond today's milestone, to share a glimpse of the proud history. It's a pleasure to introduce the acting director of the Connecticut Historical Society, Eileen Frank, to give us a little bit of perspective on this building. Good morning, everyone, and it is my great pleasure to be here in the basement of what was the G. Fox department store. I think it is so wonderful that Makerspace Connecticut, which is going to be such a, a starting point, a launching pad for the future of Connecticut, has recognized the history of this location. When uh, the Fox and the Auerbach family started the department store, because three generations of that family ran it, it started with a little push cart, it built into a smaller space, and after a traumatic fire, they built this 10-story beautiful Art Deco-inspired building. Beatrice was called back from uh, Utah where she was living with her husband at the time. Her dad said, I need you to come back here. She arrived with her family. Her husband took a seat on the board, and then when he passed away at a young age, she joined the board, never expecting that she was going to become the great leader that we know her as. When her father passed away, she became president of the organization, and she turned this department store into the top retail place in the Northeast. This was a woman who never graduated high school. She never had a college degree, but she was inspired by the passion that her family instilled with her to make something tremendous, and she always gave back to the city. She was one of the first people to make sure that African Americans got management positions in this, in this building. She wanted to make sure that she offered her employees a 40-hour work week, that she provided health access with medical um, facilities in the building for them. She was an innovator and a leader. And it's so exciting to see what Deborah and Eva, all of the partners um, who have made Makerspace Connecticut come alive, how they're building on that history to bring Hartford into the future. So thank you so much for the opportunity to be here and let's just see great things continue to happen on Main Street.
so we'll try and honor the building and keep being innovative. Apparently they had an innovations lab here when it was a department store, so we're gonna keep trying. There were a lot of scientists here. We're gonna keep trying to carry on in that vein. Um, I'd like to introduce Tom Rutledge of the Rutledge Family Foundation, whose vision and commitment made this space possible. Um, and it's been a long road with Tom. We had to do a lot of convincing to get <clears throat> the Rutledge family on board, and we're extremely grateful. Uh, thanks very much, Deborah. I want to echo all the thanks um, for the support and the work that Deborah's done. Uh, everyone knows her tenacity, but one thing in the great, others spoke of leadership. Um, one of the great things that leaders do is they surround themselves with the correct people. And when I first met Deborah, she was pretty much alone. She had a vision. It just happened that her vision was very similar to mine. I just had a much larger scale and wanted it to be a lot bigger. So once we got on the same page, she quickly surrounded herself with a good team. And, uh, and everybody on the team, that's actually Deborah, what I'm most impressed about is the people you surrounded with, you with. I didn't know any of them. I didn't know who they were. I didn't know their backgrounds. But over a few months or a year or so, all of a sudden, I was like, wow, they're actually a functioning team. That really, <laughs> really, really works. Now that's leadership. And because of that, uh, my family's foundation, um, having like-minded goals and the uh, trust in the team uh, to do work, uh, got behind this project. Um, I had some prepared remarks. Well, I prepared them and I thought about them in the car over here. And, uh, and sitting here following up the mayor and the senator, and it's like, oh, geez, now what do I do? They said it all. They said collaboration. They said community effort. They, they said all this stuff they know. So now what I want to do is send you guys home thinking about something else. I appreciate everyone being here for your support, but if you go home and you go to a cocktail party or you go to dinner with friends, can any of you out there say what a makerspace is? I've been doing this four years. It's one of the hardest things to describe because it's so much. Can you do it in a sentence? Can you do it in a paragraph before you lose someone's interest? What's your elevator speech? How do you, how do you get this thing out? It's very difficult. And the easiest way for me to do it is just compare it to something that everybody knows. I would bet that most of the people in this room have at one time in their life had a health club membership. Okay, what is a health club? It's not a place that you dread going to at 5.30 in the morning before work. It's actually a big collaboration. It's somebody made the investment in a large group of capital machines. So you have a lot of capital, and everyone pools their money together, and for a small monthly fee, you can use that capital to your heart's content. You can use a treadmill, you can use an elliptical, you can go to an aerobics class. You can, so there's education. Essentially, this is a health club. The only difference is a health club for the mind. Okay, and as an engineer, this is a, these are much more fun than elliptical machines. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how it works. So, so the next question is, well, how do you how do you use it? Um, there are some individuals that just because of their nature will be here Friday and Saturday nights just because they can't help themselves. There's corporations that might see it as an excellent opportunity to find people to hire. Um, I myself have just started a, a, a new business a few months ago, and people keep asking me, well, where are you gonna get your employees? Are you gonna advertise? And I'm like, no, I'm gonna go to the makerspace on Friday night and say, I want him or her. They're the ones here. This is where I'm hiring people out of. 
I mean, the people that hang out here on the weekends are the people I want to talk to from my business. The other thing about it is this lowers the barriers to entry to capital investment for all small businesses and all inventions. That's so key. Um, I hate to keep bringing it back to myself, but my business, it's, it's a woodworking business, so I've got all this woodworking capital that I've just purchased, but sometimes when I'm lying awake and I'm thinking of a new furniture design, I really want to incorporate metal. I want some metal legs or metal something. Well, I'm not going to go buy a big CNC metal mill and convert half my shop, but I will come down here on a weekend with a thumb drive and use the CNC plasma cutter over there and make some new hinges or make some new something and invent something. And if it actually sells, then I'll actually have a product to go to market with. This was, this was the key. This is what did it. I would have never tried it in my own business. It's not worth it. It's too much of an investment. This is a health club. This is which will make our businesses around here healthy. And uh, I thank everyone for coming. I thank you for your support, Senator and, and Mayor, and, and everybody involved in Endeavor. Just, just keep it up. And uh, for all you out there, uh, there's a lot of these rooms that could use some uh, names on them. So it's right, you know, I'm often, I'm often saying we are Team Connecticut, and it's not about we do this and they do that, or it's about all of us working together, the sum total of all of us supporting each other to pre produce a better product here in Connecticut. Um, I have a great team. I'm trying to introduce you to a couple more members of my team. And I'd like to introduce you to Jerry Wilson. And Jerry recently retired from a long career at Shipman and Goodman. He's always been an IT aficionado. He volunteered to come on board and start helping us. And he has provided a tremendous amount of solutions to a lot of questions, like putting our membership agreement together, talking about waivers, getting the fee schedules together, and I have a wonderful group of people that come and we all sit and brainstorm. Jerry, would you? Jerry Wilson. Um, Deborah asked me to kind of uh, present a perspective from uh, the membership point of view. Um, and I think I have a typical background um, that got us here. Um, as a young teen, I built model rockets and launched them. I got into ham radio and built a transmitter and a receiver and put up an antenna. Um, back in those days, we called those hobbies. Um, or from the adult perspective, they were hobbyists. Um, in college, I directed my career um, to computers and information technology, uh, worked for several large computer companies, and was involved in designing and programming large uh, banking and insurance systems. Um, Flash forward to the personal computer uh, age era, about 35 years ago, believe it or not. Um, and we started building computers from scratch, networking them together. Um, I learned how to design websites and uh, write mobile applications. In those days, we called it do-it-yourself, or D DIY, uh, DIYers. Um, and then in 2006, I uh, ran across the first edition of a magazine called Make. Um, and this was really the start of the, the, the formal maker uh, community. Um, and reading the first issue, I was hooked. I had to subscribe. And I've been involved in, in that regard ever since. Uh, flash forward to two years ago, 2017, 
Um, my wife and I began planning for retirement. Um, I knew I wanted to get involved in this kind of, of an effort. Um, you know, being more in management the last few years, I wanted to get back to the hands-on, you know, the, the Raspberry Pis and the, the 3D printing and things like that. Um, and I wanted to work with kids and I wanted to work with under-trained adults and, and veterans. Um, so the maker movement occurred. Um, it was about that time I saw an article about uh, a woman named Deborah Fasitsky. And knowing I wanted to be involved in this in retirement, um, I uh, made a point of contacting Deborah and getting to know her. Um, by then, my wife and I had pretty much um, finished our planning for retirement. And uh, when I saw the honey-do list that my <laughs> wife and I had uh, developed, um, I realized that I needed a lot more skills than just the computer and technology skills that I either already had or wanted to improve. Um, I realized I needed to know carpentry, woodworking, electrical, um, metalworking, maybe even a little bit of uh, welding. Um, so this made me even more anxious to uh, get involved. Um, so after retiring last April, um, I told Deborah it was time to, uh, to get started um, helping out. I wanted to do it on a volunteer basis. Um, I, I met a lot of the people that she had recruited, um, and they were working as volunteers at that time as well. Um, fortunately, Deborah was able to convince them all to come on board. Um, and I have been just blown away by Deborah's, the extent of her knowledge, her capabilities. Um, you know, she, she never takes no for an answer, um, and she always believes that there's a way to get something done, which is you know, the philosophy I've always had. Um, you look at this facility, um, and you look at the people she's recruited, and um, it's just unbelievable. So the other thing uh, that she asked me is to talk about what I want to make. Um, and what I really want to make is I want, um, I want Makerspace CT to be a catalyst for all of the other makerspaces in Connecticut and New England. And we have, we have a number of them. Uh, we have probably five or six independent ones. Um, makerspaces are, are coming up in and are being created in our local libraries and in our school systems. Um, and so I'd like to see us be a catalyst to, um, to help those facilities. Um, I would like to see other retirees like myself who have a tremendous amount of, of skills. They have skill sets that um, in many cases aren't being replaced, um, partly because it's old technology. But there's a tremendous amount of energy and a, and a large population of, of recent retirees that can really help with this effort. And uh, we're going to go out and, and try and uh, get more of those people involved. Um, the other thing is that as members of Makerspace CT, one of the things that I'd like to do is make sure that we as members develop projects that will help not only Makerspace CT, but will help other organizations or small businesses who don't have the resources, the skills, or the tools um, to, to achieve things and to actually help them create those things. 
okay? Not just provide you know, the tools, but also actually help them do it. Um, so the last thing is, is why did I become a Founders Circle member? Um, you know, we, we were involved in creating the Founders Circle uh, membership, and I, I wanted to be a member. I wanted to be in that Founders group. And most importantly, you look at what this facility is going to be like, and you know, how can you not want to save 10%, get an extra month's membership, those 12 <laughs> extra hours of training, and be involved in this incredible, incredible endeavor. Um, thank you for letting me be part of it. Um, so I was able to steal Drew Gates, our Director of Education from the Coast Guard. Aside from his amazing computing skills, being a webmaster, 3D printer aficionado, creating 3D printing programs, um, the thing I love about Drew is that every morning when he comes to work, he's smiling and he says, you know what? He said, I have an hour to work and I love coming to work every day for my hour drive. So, <laughs> Drew, can you give us a couple minutes? Hi, everybody. My favorite thing about walking into a makerspace, being at a, at a class at a makerspace or seeing anybody working in a shop is the, the spark that, that appears in somebody's eye when they figure out something new. Uh, it's like rediscovering the, the wonder, curiosity, and, uh, and new learning opportunities that you, only, you usually only see in children. Last March, we began offering classes in our education space upstairs. There have been limited subjects, of course, uh, electronics, uh, 3D printing, 3D scanning, uh, Arduino and Raspberry Pi programming. Uh, we can't run a table saw in the conference room. I don't think uh, anybody would be too happy about that. Uh, and in that time, we've met an amazing array of uh, makers and what I'd like to say new friends. Uh, we've had teachers whose students are pushing them to bring new technologies into the classrooms. We've had retirees driven to you know, learn, uh, learn new ideas and, and keep up on, uh, on industries. And we've had entrepreneurs who have an idea and a plan for a product and just need a place or a few more skills to create that first prototype. The great thing about the maker movement is the palpable drive to share your skills with others. We live in a world that's kind of moved away from learning hands-on skills. Uh, work. And employers are, are coming, coming back from that, looking for, uh, looking for workers who have uh, these hands-on skill sets that uh, students aren't, aren't always getting in, in uh, traditional school or college programs. Um, when we open, we'll be offering short, high-impact classes across all of our shops giving our members and the greater Hartford and Connecticut communities uh, opportunities to learn real, marketable Industry 4.0 skills uh, that they might use to start a business, find a new career path, or discover new ways to get creative. So when we ask, what will you make, we're not just looking to hear what tool you're going to run to on day one when the shop's open. Whether, whether your drive to make is innovative, whether it's economic, whether it's creative, or a combination of the three, uh, we want to know what you want to learn and how we can help make that happen. Uh, do you have a skill you're excited to share? Uh, come talk to me afterwards or uh, visit
visit our website, uh, makerspacect.com teach to tell us about it. Uh, we're actively building our course curriculums and our pool of teachers, and we're excited to open with a, a full slate of classes in April. Thank you. I'd like to introduce you last of all to Tom Trudell, and this is an example of a company that is joining us here and opening up offices here in Connecticut. Tom and I have known one another. He's the regional sales manager of A&M Industrial, um, and we quickly saw the benefits of collaborating with one another in this space. Tom and his team are gonna be stacking the back area with vending machines for all our consumables to make it more convenient for the people that are working here so they don't have to run out to Home Depot and hardware stores. And I'll let Tom tell you about that. Thank you very much, Deborah. Uh, it's very much an honor to be here. Uh, I remember the very first time I actually spoke with Deborah about uh, Makerspace. It was probably about four years ago in a Dunkin' Donuts. So it's come a long way since then. Um, as Deborah said, I'm the regional sales manager with AM Industrial, but uh, I'm only as good as my team as well, which I have a few of our members here as well. Uh, Scott Keller, Kathleen Burke, and Robert Shemek right there, and they'll be in the back uh, if anyone wants to talk to us. But uh, very proud to be here with Makerspace CT as it's coming to its final stages of completion. It's especially meaningful to us at AM as we are partnering with the Makerspace and uh, finalizing our new details of our future office here. And we'll be able to support all of the members, uh, not only here, but in our growing New England customer base. This partnership is a furtherance of our company's core beliefs as A&M was founded uh, to help support manufacturers and local business. Arnie Young, our founder, came out of the Marines in 1954. With $2,600 and an entrepreneurial spirit, he founded A&M as a hardware store in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Over continued use of making investments in people, seizing opportunities when they came, and fostering talent in everyone that we worked beside. Arnie's legacy continues at the heart of A&M today. And to echo Senator Blumenthal's uh, comments earlier, uh, it's our labor force here in America that is revitalizing this nation and continuing to uh, inspire and grow new generations to come. It's not that we have the largest labor force in the world, certainly not, it's that we have the most skilled, we're the most desirous of new innovations and new talent in inspiring those each one teaches the next generation. It is in that spirit that AM's president and owner, David Young, along with all of us, wish to invest in the future of maker manufacturing here, right in Makerspace Connecticut. An organization that will help create jobs, spark in new innovations, and foster trade skills in the marketplace so desirous of talent. We look forward to sharing our experience and mentoring a new generation of entrepreneurs and visionaries. As a company, we prosper by embracing technology and staying ahead of the innovation curve. Another key to our success is our manufacturing partners, some of which are even here today. Many others are planning on joining us in support of this great organization. We are excited to further develop our relationships with companies in the area, continue to invest in New England and in Connecticut, this is our second office in New England. We are continually adding new staff and sales engineers to further support our goal of promoting manufacturing in New England. We look forward to opening our new location here at the heart of this great state in what we feel will be the birthplace of new inspiration, collaboration, and empowerment. 
from all, us, all of us at A&M. Congratulations, Makerspace CT. to all of you, thank you for coming. Um, I'm gonna remind you that we have our New England Maker Summit tour that'll probably be, excuse me, our New England Maker Summit conference that'll be this fall here in this building, so keep tuned to our website for that. I am making the announcement that April 13th will be our grand opening. We'll have a community day, it's on a Saturday. Um, and there are going to be, for those of you that would like it, tours of the Makerspace starting in opposite ends with Drew and Scott. And again, thank you all for coming. We really appreciate your support. So this is Drew. You're the uh, education kind of guy over here, right? Yes. Yes. Um, and so you mentioned, you know, you're looking for people that want to teach here, right? So we're actively uh, looking for teachers across all of our shops. Uh, wood shop, metal uh, machining, metal fabrication, welding, blacksmithing, uh, plastic works. We're going to have injection molding and vacuum forming, uh, fiber arts, so sewing, uh, as well as uh, electronics, 3D printing, and uh, 3D scanning. And what kind of commitment are you looking to get out of these? We're looking for part-time teachers, okay. uh, not for uh, not for a specific set schedule. Uh, we're looking to to develop a pool of of uh, instructors so that as we uh, as we work out our schedules, we have a group that we can pull from who are interested in coming in and teaching a class. Maybe it's a one-off thing. Maybe it's a, maybe it turns into something that happens a couple times a month uh, or regularly throughout the year. Uh, it'll vary by topic, though. Emma, can you talk to us a little bit about what it's like being Devra's assistant? Because uh, she is uh, she's tenacious. Fiery is the word I like to use. <laughs> That's also a great way to describe her. Yeah, no, she's wonderful. Um, working under her is probably uh, the most transformative experience I've ever had. Uh, you know, she said she stole me from Farmington Bank, and that was, you know, a very structured environment. And coming here, it's, you know, everything is all happening at once, and it's amazing. It's, it's really incredible to be under somebody who is as incredible as Devra. She really, she doesn't give up and she just pushes forward hard and, you know, having spoken to her a few years ago and like seeing like now where she's come with this, I mean, this space is amazing. Yeah, it really is. And this was her brainchild and she has gone over every possible obstacle you could imagine. Hill and Dale, you could say. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what are, what are, what's happening in these next couple of months, this month and a half between now and uh, the opening? Yeah, now is crunch time. It's construction crunch time. It's finding teachers. It's finding shop staff. It's basically making sure that everything happens, like I said, all at once on April 13th so that we can really open our space, open it to the community, and make sure that everybody has something to play with when they come in. <laughs> and now what is what is going to be your favorite room to play in? Uh, honestly, I want to learn welding, so that's going to be my spot. <laughs> welding, it's welding in the forge. That is the popular area. Yes, yeah. I think I think because it's so scary, people want to figure it out. <laughs> Doesn't scare you, does it? No, not at all. I am fearless. <laughs> well, I will probably see you in there because welding is right on top of my list too. Can't wait. We don't really like to say co-working because this isn't a co-working space, but it's definitely a collaborative space. So in terms of coming out here, being able to see everybody, and hence the big windows, you know, um, 
you can really see what other people are doing, experience their ingenuity and their input on something that you might not have thought of. You know, so let's say you're doing something in the metal fab shop and you're really interested in it, but it's just not working for some reason because let's say you need to add a Raspberry Pi to really make the gears go. You can go over to, let's say, Digital Fab or something like that and you can say, hey, how can this work? Oh, I'll figure it out. And then suddenly you have a working machine and a prototype. So, so is it going to be like separate? Is it one membership that rules them all, or, or kind of uh, <laughs> you know separate word. memberships that reach uh, room? I like that a lot. Um, no, you can do uh, one shop or or something like that. Nice. Like, kind of limit yourself, or you can open it up to the entire space. You do have to get safety training, though. I mean, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so you can go through your rigmarole of safety training yeah. if you want to, but I, I highly recommend that because then you get the full scope of the shops and everything and. You'll just have a better experience. Cool. Yeah. This is uh, this will be fun. It's so April thirteenth, right? April thirteenth. Right, cool. Come see us. <laughs> yeah, very good. And yeah. what's the time for April thirteenth? Um, I believe we're gonna open up our doors sometime in the morning. We're still working out the the details okay. and everything, but it's gonna be a day, um, and then probably close up shop at five p.m. You know, nice. just just kind of give everybody a taste of what what we have. Sure. Yeah. Well, we're excited for it. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so uh, we're having our kickoff uh, for the final phase of construction here for Makerspace CT. And uh, so far it looks like we're getting a great turnout. Susan Beisowitz is already here. Luke Bronin is coming. And uh, Senator Blumenthal is going to be here. So uh, we're very excited about announcing our opening date today. And that's, uh, that's Scott Phillips. He's kind of the social media guru, kind of the Mr. Get It Out There. And I think you did your job, Scott. Uh, there are a lot of people here. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, great to meet people in real life and say, oh yeah, I've, I've been watching your videos or, you know, whatever. And because uh, sometimes you're wondering, you know, who's really seeing this, you know? But, uh, you know, it, it's definitely a good way to get the, the word out. And, uh, but what we found with this place, just like you've experienced, is you really got to see it in person to really understand what this is all about. The podcast is not doing it justice right now, guys, but... <laughs> we invite everybody to come down and take a look. You definitely should, and uh, this is this is in the basement of the old G. Fox building in Hartford, and, uh, you know, even since I was here a few weeks ago, it's it's come so far. You know, it's... The machines are starting to get set up. Uh, the rooms are getting more closed and painted. Um, there's a lot to be excited about. What, do you, what are you most excited about, though, well, in terms of machines? You know, I, I, I was just going to say that, you know, the, the thing that's really made a difference just in the past 48 hours is all the lighting that's been installed. Ah. Because, I mean, the shops were so dark before. And, uh, I mean, especially the metal shop over here. I mean, it's, it's always been, like, kind of cluttered and everything with a lot of stuff. But now that the lights, you can see every corner of the place, and it's, it's, it looks twice the size of what it did before. That, that's very true. You can actually see what's going on. It, it doesn't feel like a basement. Right. It feels, it, and you painted the walls a nice yellow, so it's a little bit brighter, a little bit nicer. Um, but uh, to, to answer your question about uh, you know, what's to get excited about, um, I mean, I think one of the cool things that we're going to have is actually in the metal shop, with the forge and uh, and the welding, I'm really looking forward to seeing people getting in in there with that. I was hoping you would say the forge. You know, I mean, I I understand it's you know quote unquote a smaller forge, but right. you know, in the back of my head, we're going to have smithies. There's going to be battle axes. Uh, <laughs> maybe not battle axes. Yeah. 
Maybe we'll just stick with, you know, blunt warhammers or something. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, the kind of uh, clientele that we're going to attract, you know, the, the nerds and the geeks and everything, you know, there might be some uh, Dungeons & Dragons style stuff that's coming out of there. We'll see. Maybe I'll have to host a Dungeons & Dragons night. I don't know. Yeah. So that's actually another thing that you guys are going to be doing here is you're going to be hosting events, right? Right, yeah. So uh, one of the things that we're doing actually before we even open is uh, we're having a, a LinkedIn local event, which is going to be, it should be about 200 people coming here on April 4th. And then, you know, beyond that, I mean, we're just really wanting to get as many meetups and, uh, you know, corporate events in here as we can. We have a nice space and, you know, it's a creative environment, so it's a good place to have an event or a meeting and just, you know, get creative, you know? And, and your plan is still to open in April, right? That's right. So uh, the, it's definitely in April. Uh, we're just a few minutes away from announcing that exact date. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it will be in April. It's all very exciting, Scott. And, you know, I'm, I'm just glad you guys invited me back to kind of check this out. Uh, hopefully Eric will be here soon. We can also get a few more interviews. But, um, you know, you, you've been doing a great job, buddy. And I think, you, I think, again, looking at the room, I think you kind of know that. So right. pat yourself on the back. Thank you. Thank you. Good Thank to you. see you, Chris. So I'm here with Devra, the one, the only Devra, and you just you just killed it up there. You did a great job. So I mean, you got all these great people together. Team Connecticut's coming together. Makerspace CT, it's it's finally happening. Yeah, it's amazing. It's it's a, a tad bit surreal, but it's inordinately exciting. I'm sitting here in this room, looking at all these people, and everyone here helped us in some way and sponsored and supported us. It's standing room only. That, you didn't even have enough chairs. That I think that says what you know. It says it all, right? Exciting. It was pretty exciting. And now April thirteenth, month and a half. You got this, Devra. You've never given up on anything, have you? It's, I'm hard pressed to give up. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> you and you know. I just want to say congratulations. And you know, we're gonna be back here on the thirteenth. Hey, Mark. No, you're good. Devra, always working, always on the clock. Thank you, Chris. I love having you here. Always appreciate your perspective and your ingenuity. You're too kind. Thank you. Thank you for listening to CT Startup. More Connecticut startup news, information, and events can be found at ctstartup.com. The weekly episodes of this podcast can be downloaded from iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and ctstartup.com. We would like to thank both Sublime Exposure Online and Mirtha Kalina for providing resources and space to CT Startup, which make the show possible. See you next week.